What's up, everyone? This is Sports Card Madness, Episode 2, the show where we talk all things sports cards, the hobby, and everything else in between. This is Nick, your host, Boston Card Hunter on Instagram. Today's episode, we talk to Sean Gandhi, who is an amazing collector. He is 17 years old and being trusted with $45,000 worth of cards. That's right, 45000 And I thought this was fascinating. I wanted to dive into his journey a little bit more, see what he's been up to, and also kind of understand his plans for the future and how he got into all this. So it was a great conversation. I think you guys will really be interested. So let's dive in. All right, everyone. I am here with Sean. I found Sean, I think through his Instagram or maybe Facebook, but this kid, he is he is crushing it. He's absolutely impressed me in like a hundred different ways. He's only 17 and I see him hosting at all the card shows. He's getting autographs from 100, 150 different athletes. He's confining for people, getting autos for people. He's hunting stuff down, making moves. And I thought you guys would love to hear kind of his story real quick. So so on, from what I can tell on my end, you seem to be really successful in the card space. I, I What caught my attention was the uh, the 1980 triple that you got signed, and I think you flipped it pretty quickly. Um, for yeah. a 17-year-old, I imagine I was some pretty decent scratch. So I would just love to hear, like, what uh, what are you up to in the hobby, and how on earth did you get into all this? Well, I mean, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on here. I think basically how it started was just how... My dad used to do the hobby when he was my age, which was obviously much different. There was no, I mean, there was internet, but it wasn't like social media age. So what he would do is he would just write letters and send out cards just with one stamp to the stadium of whatever player he wanted. And I mean, most of them he didn't get back, obviously, but some of them he did and he kept them and he showed me. And then this was, I started replicating that when I was about maybe nine. I really like to write. I'm also a journalist or Sports Illustrated kid. So writing is something I really enjoy doing. So I would always write letters to my favorite athletes, send it to the stadium and just check the mail every day and hope something came back. And I mean, the first one I got back was Darren Williams from the Nets. I don't know if you remember him back in the day. I but, sure do. I sure but do. The first one, first one I got back was him and I still have it to this day. Like it's not, it's on an index card. It's not worth five dollars but it's something i'm always going to keep because that's what really started this and then when my dad was my age now i'm 17 he um or maybe a little bit older when he was in college he worked at a bar in atlanta where all the superstars and teams would go to on a, on a road stint and he would bring jerseys and pennants to get signed because he knew who was coming in all the reservations and stuff so that's how i started getting into memorabilia not just writing through the mail he got a couple jordans a couple kobe's some shacks so he met Muhammad Ali at an airport one time. So wow. just seeing all those cool pieces that have, you know, a story behind them. Like I ran into Muhammad Ali at an airport. This is what I have to remember that by. Or I ran into Michael Jordan at a club that he signed my, my jersey. That's just a memory, a piece in time. So that's what kind of got me started into doing autographs and not and stepping away from the cards themselves, like all the different parallels and stuff, I think. It's a little overwhelming, but with autographs, it really pinpoints a time, especially if you meet them in person, it pinpoints a time and an experience that you can always remember through that, through that autograph. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty amazing, man. What's, what's most impressive to me right now is that 
I don't know if the, the listeners realize, but again, he is 17. Um, he's not like, you know, me, I'm a 43 year old dad. I've got some extra time on my hands. He has to juggle school and, and homework and all those things. How do you, how do you make that happen? man? how do you like juggle all that at this age? I mean, I'm really busy all the time. Like I, now, now that I'm going off to college, it's going to slow down, but I also had a job in an ice cream store. So I was working 35 hours a week just so I could pay. Like I, I'm big about not taking handouts. So I've never asked my parents for money to do the hobby. All the money I invest is stuff I, is money I earn myself. So for example, you brought up the 1980 tops triple in 2020 or in 2019, when I first started working at the ice cream shop, I saved up. I think it was, I think it was 30% of my paycheck would go to fund money and 70% would go to savings. But the 30% that I saved up, I invested into a PSA four 1980 top triple with Dr. J magic and Larry bird. And I went into it knowing that I was going to get, get the most, I knew it was going to take a while because it's an expensive project, but I knew that in however long it took, it was going to increase in value. So I took that initial, what is it? I think it was $600 bought the card, cracked it. And then over the course of three years, I got it signed, re-slabbed it, bumped two grades, and I sold it for about 2000 more than I invested in it. But to your original point, I took that work, the job that I have, plus school, which granted senior year of high school is not really that strict. So I had a little more leeway with that. But before I did have to juggle. So I did, the hobby did take a back seat, which is unfortunately the unfortunate reality of being my age but i just had to juggle like i had to had to work instead of going out with friends i mean i played sports so i had to do that too but going into this freshman year of college it will be different it definitely will be different like after this national i'm not sure how much i can really do i'm still going to be very active in the community and stuff but in terms of flying around to different shows i just don't know because i can't really miss a lot of school especially the first semester well if you think about it i mean i don't want you to to tell us currently wage or anything like that but if you made $2,000, granted, there's a period of time that had to go by and you have to get these autographs, but you made two grand essentially out of thin air. That's, that's a lot right. of ice cream scooping. So I yeah. imagine that that kind of gave you a taste of what's possible, right? Absolutely. And I think with that was the first big card I, I sat down and did the research on. That's another thing I do in my spare time. I don't like play a lot of video games. I just research on eBay and I see what is what is trending upwards and what I think will, will gain value in the future. So that was the first card I did that on. And then once I saw the trending of the upward trend of how that card was, was going up, I uh, was, was going at, I looked at other iconic cards that I could get autographed to inc- increase the value. So that's when I started looking at the 1968 tops, Nolan Ryan, the 1969 tops, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar rookie cards. And I saw, I got cracked those, got them signed and flipped them. And I think, that is that was around in 2021 2022 and now we've really seen it take off so that's where i'm trying to implement my services and take advantage of that for other people i can help other people do that eliminating some of the steps yeah let's talk about that a little bit so you mentioned you're going to national yep the audience doesn't know but i think you told me you have 220 cards you're getting autographed did i get that right yeah, it's a. I mean, it's it's. I'm still getting more by the day, which is kind of concerning because it's coming up so soon. So I need to set a hard deadline. But I, I'm at 215 cards and about I think it's seven or eight like larger items. And I and I I can almost guarantee you it would have been more had I not set a limit on size because we're not checking in a bag, so I can't 
I can't take full size helmets and footballs and stuff. Right, right. But yeah, it's about two hundred twenty five total items for this this show alone. Yeah, I mean, do you do you find it amazing that people are actually? I mean, I keep saying you're seventeen. It's almost not fair, but you know, they're they're trusting you. I guess a kid, yeah. in, in a sense, with some pretty valuable cards, right? Like, how do you feel 100%. about that? It's it's actually it's actually really amazing. I I look like when I I was organizing. I like to be very organized. When I was organizing everything that was going to be signed by person in chronological order, I was just looking at some of the cards that people sent into me, and not just the ones I bought for myself. Like I cracked a PSA eight five or BGS eight five Jerry Rice rookie, a PSA six Dr. J rookie. But I mean, it's got to be it's got to be somewhere like fifteen thousand dollars worth of cards, and I just think. I just think, and, and it's almost 40 grand worth of autograph tickets. So it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of responsibility. And I just feel cool. honestly shocked that people are, are willing to, to, to go with me. But that being said, I think in the past national and the GTSM shows, my work has kind of speaks for itself. So it gives me the extra pat on the back, knowing that I can actually do it, especially now that I have my own table at the back of the national. And it gives me extra confidence. That's the right word. Confidence that I can do it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've seen that you're actually active in the hobby too. I know you moderate some Facebook pages. You have an Instagram that's pretty active. So I imagine there's like a little bit of this trust there because we've seen you, we've heard from you. Right, right. I'm sure you have plenty of recommendations at this point. So very cool. Very, very cool. Now, what's this, uh, this newest project all about? I think you mentioned that you wanted to kind of start more of a a formalized business around this, but you have to be 18 to form an LLC. Yeah. You're not quite yeah. there yet. Probably what, 17 and a half and making your yeah. way to 18. So I'm yeah, close. what's that all about? What are, what are your plans so, there? So I'm actually, so actually I've, I filed the LLC. It's already complete. I just had my dad, who's a lawyer, do the makeup, make himself a partner or member or whatever. I don't know the, the legal terms, but I'm learning. I'm learning because I, I do want to be very invested in the process, not just the result. So I'm learning how it all came about, but I do have my LLC. Basically, what I want to do is be a service that people can use to get their items autographed and take away the stress, but add more a more personable experience, whether that be because I know there's a lot of promoters out there who are great. Don't get me wrong. 100 percent. I'm friends with the majority of them who are great, but I feel as though sometimes the service isn't as personable like you you send your card. And you just get it back in the mail, like signed. You don't really understand the process. You don't see pictures. You don't see how it actually happens. And I, I think in this hobby, communication is the most important thing. And that is what I strive to, to succeed in the most, which is communication with my customers and my friends. Because I don't really consider all these people customers. I consider them friends because they trust me enough. And we have conversations about their items and how they want it signed and make sure everything is done correctly. So that's what my, my company is going to be built on as well as providing an additional service to get your items slabbed by PSA after the fact. So that eliminates that step on mm-hmm. on the consumer's end and it lowers the cost a little bit. Yeah, it's convenient too. They won't have to ship it exactly. themselves. You can handle everything. Exactly. Full, full transparency is what I'm trying to go for here, which is something that I think is lacking in the aftermarket autograph niche, let's say. So that's mm-hmm. what I want to bring to the table. That's great. That's uh, that's really impressive. What's the name of this company going to be? Just so in case people want to hit you up. SAG Autographs. The website will go live October 1st because I can't, that one I can't officially launch until I'm 18. But so that will go live October 1st. That'll be SAGAutographs.com. Instagram, I have two. The My personal 
Instagram account, which I just post all the stuff I get for myself and other stuff will be on card autograph, on card autographs.com or not.com, just on card autographs. Mm-hmm. And then the business account will be SAG autographs. That'll be where I post all the signings I'm taking items for PSA submissions and just general updates about other signings that I'm going to be attending or working with. And then I'm on Facebook, just Sean Gandhi. I'm an admin in the sports card nonsense group and in the NFL TTM collectors group. So I'm I'm fairly active. I, if you if anyone has any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. Yeah, yeah, you're super super active for sure. So here's my other question. One of the things I've noticed is this hobby exploding since COVID. Sounds like you got at it at a pretty early age. You did some TTM, like you said. What about your peers? Are they kind of into this, or have they been into this more over this boom? Or like, how are you like among your friends and everything? Are half the people in your high school into sports cards? Are ten percent of the people like what is it? What's the vibe kind of like? I mean, in my school, really, it's not not a lot at all. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one. I mean, granted, granted, the school I go to is very like, or I just graduated from is very small. Not not typical. Not a typical high school. It's a it's a prestigious small high school. But I mean, from my friends, nobody really nobody really is into the hobby. Everyone's into sports, but nobody really knows about the hobby side of of sports that being said on instagram and on more on instagram than anything else but there's a lot of teenage collectors that i talk to fair amount but it is i would i would have to say it's 80 percent adults that that i deal with and talk to which is fine because i enjoy talking to people who are knowledgeable enjoy helping the people who are learning but it is it is it is mostly adults like i i don't actually know anybody in like i know some collect like from the internet but i don't know anyone that i've met in person like who i'm friends with or go to school with that does the hobby yeah it's interesting because my my 15 year old nephew's big into it and when i was 15 but it didn't really exist we didn't really have card right. shows like we have right now you had kind of the the card shops but it was almost like a, a dusty dingy place to go get cards right. and it wasn't the extravaganza it is now right it's almost like comparing a dive bar from the 80s to like these new tastings with these breweries that are wide open and vibrant and everything. That's kind of like what's happened to cards. So it's, yeah, it's funny. It's interesting. I'm just, I'm always curious about the younger generation coming into this and what's it going to look like? Because this whole era feels to me almost like a scratch ticket era. Everybody's just ripping stuff, trying to get something, trying to make money, trying to flip it. And uh, that's fun. And we all do it, but it's certainly not sustainable. At the end of the day, you got to collect something. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to see your perspective for sure. I I think I think this starting in 2020 or a little before 2020 up to now, I think it's it's become it's become more of a gambling associated hobby than it is collecting with with all the rips and all the flips and all that. And I think I think. It needs to go back to collecting. You can you can flip to get stuff for PC, but I feel like, especially with Fanatics taking over, which I have my own thoughts on regarding for the autograph side of it and for the card side of it, it's become more of a business than it is a hobby because Fanatics and, and I I don't know all the details because it's not my my preferred aspect of the hobby, but I think they're limiting card shops availability to sell wax and not allowing breakers to break anymore. So it's 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 more of a controlled hobby than it is a leisurely hobby, I would say. Mm, yeah, it's interesting. I 
I definitely agree with that. And the fact that PSA is such a, such a monopoly has quite an impact on that too. They've almost created this frenzy by being a monopoly and being the most valuable slabber, the most valuable grading company. And now everybody knows, okay, I can clean out my target, get a bunch of stuff, send a, send a ton of it to PSA cheaply through bulk. A few of them will hit tens and they can make a few hundred bucks. And it just kind of, right. But then I've got my eight-year-old son who's trying to go to Target and just get some cards for like five bucks or 10 bucks from his allowance. Right. And it's just not going to happen. Right. I mean, unless he wants really low-end baseball or something like that. Right. That's kind of a, that's kind of a bummer for him. But um, I'm not going to like, everybody has, has their way to experience the hobby. So I won't judge, but right. just my opinion. I agree. I think, but I think what, what is going to survive in the long run, not survive, I don't want to say survive, but it's going to take a greater interest from normal or not normal, but novice collectors or just casual collectors will be the, the autograph side of things. Because when Fanatics takes over, it's all going to be one conglomerate that is distributing everything and everything is going to be similar. Like with now we have Panini, we have Tops and different, different, different products for the same spores, Leaf, Sage, all that. Once Fanatics takes over, it's just going to be Fanatics. And I think getting your items autographed is what's going to differentiate your stuff from the millions that are that, that's out there. And I think, mm-hmm. I think now is the time to take advantage of it because as we've already seen, Fanatics does like to place restrictions on what you can and cannot get signed, who can sign yep. what. And if they control everything, my fear is that they'll, they will just restrict everything and you the only way to get stuff is through buying from fanatics which is already heavily 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 yeah i mean say goodbye to those 150 dollars larry bird autographs at the private side oh, yeah. like, if he gets signed by fanatics forget it they'll restrict rookie cards and yeah. any other any other card will be 500 so i agree with you the time it's kind of why i've rushed this and i put together the 86 fleer set auto set so quickly I just have a sense that this stuff's going to kind of get locked down and it, if not locked down, quadruple in price because they're no, Correct. the, the players aren't dummies. The dealers aren't dummies. <laughs> the middlemen aren't dummies. Everybody knows this money to be made mm-hmm. and the price is only going to go up. So I, when I approach autographs, I'm always in a rush because I want to get there now before, before they go up. I mean, just, just an example of that is it. Well, I mean, it's actually kind of interesting because. Joe Montana at the National, his rookie card price actually decreased by $300. And I think it's because, A, the price was so high to begin with, there wasn't enough demand. B, the the supply from when he was cheaper is actually quite high. So at the price Fanatics used to be charging at $1,200, now nobody was going to pay it because you could buy one already signed and slammed for about five, six, seven hundred dollars $700. Now they lowered it to nine hundred for this signing, and the it, it may, if you want a Joe Montana, you're not going to send that in. You're going to buy one on eBay already signed and slabbed because it's cheaper. Now yeah, less risk. You don't need to ship it. Right, right. A few of my friends are sending me some high grade Montanas because that's where you make your money. The high grade, high yeah. iconic stature cards. Yep. But I I would imagine we don't see Montana Jerry Rice sign rookie cards. In the future, when Fanatics takes, fully takes over, like Peyton Manning, for example, is a great one too. Before 2021-ish, 2020, he would sign any and all cards, any, any tops, whatever. Then come mid-2021, 2022, 
they do not, Fanatics has this exclusive, so they don't allow him to sign Panini cards because they have an exclusive agreement with Panini that, I mean, I don't know all the details, but I know that Fanatics restricts the ability for Peyton to sign Panini cards. Now, at his last, most recent signing, which hasn't been one in a few months, but it was late 2021, I believe, or sorry, 2022, that they restricted all cards. So even if you wanted a top rookie card signed, you couldn't get it signed because Fanatics said no. And they hold the, they hold all the, the cards in their corner. So they monopolize the market, charge ridiculous prices. And if you don't want to pay it, too bad. You, you won't have one. It's, it's, that's how I think it's going to go come 2025 when they take over. And I want to get in now while I still can. Yeah, it's smart. All right. So I, I promised I wouldn't keep you too long. So I have two closing questions. The first one sure. I'm actually really interested in. What is or what was the most impactful or the most special autograph experience you've had from a player in person? And I know he's done a lot. Yeah, it's I would say it's a no, I would say Christian McCaffrey is number two because he's he's my favorite player. But number one would have to be Taysom Hill. He's one A or one B for my favorite player. But what made it so special is Drew Brees kind of played a part in it. He So basically what happened was, so GTSM New Jersey 2022, I was supposed to meet Taysom for the first time. And he canceled, but not he didn't cancel, but something happened. And he just didn't show up for whatever reason. So I got a refund and all that. So I was disappointed because I bought a printing plate and I wanted to beat him and get it signed because I like him as a player. I think he's really unique and, and not like not a lot of players like him in the NFL. So I was bummed about that. And then 2023 comes along and he was announced again. So I, this was about the time when I started making a little bit more money through the hobby. So I had some more funds. So I, I bought a game used Jersey from, I think it was October, October 14th, 2021 against the lions. And I was going to have him sign that. And then GTSM released the catch a pass program where that you pay and the player throws a pass to you. Like you run a, you run a fade route or something in the carpeted area and they throw a pass to you. So I'm like, oh crap, I can catch a pass from Taysom Hill. And it's not that expensive. Like Drew Brees was 250 bucks, but Taysom Hill was like 75. I'm like, I would definitely pay that. So I did that. But what happened first was I was wearing my Taysom Hill Swiss Army Knife t-shirt and I went up to Drew Brees' line to get items done for customers. And I was also doing consignments at that same show. And he he stopped me and he's like, Whoa, that's a cool shirt. Where'd you get that? I'm like, and I was, I didn't expect it. So I was bumbling like an idiot. And he's like, hold on, let me take a picture and send it to Taysom. So as we're standing there waiting to get my card signed, he like stops me and takes a picture of my shirt and texts it to Taysom on the spot, which I thought was really cool. So we get done with Breeze. He signs myself. I go back, put him away, protect him. And then I go back to Taysom's line because Taysom was after Breeze. And I did the photo op with him. And he recognized me straight away because he saw the shirt that I was wearing the shirt that Breeze had texted. So he knew who I was straight away, which I thought was so cool. He took the picture. Then I went out to his catch a pass line and we just talked for like five minutes. It was just like a casual conversation. Like you were supposed to get to catch the pass and then go straight like so they could move it along. But he, he, he just let me talk with him for like five minutes. And I have all the pictures and the videos and it's just so super cool. He was super nice down to earth. We, we, he threw the pass to me. I caught it, had him inscribed. TV pass to Sean on the football. And then got once he was done with everybody in the catch pass, we went to the autograph table. He signed my jersey, my cards, and and all that. And he and I showed him, I actually wrote an article for Sports Illustrated, and he was mentioned in it. And I showed him that article. He said he thought that was super cool. So like we kind of 
I don't want to say friends because if he recognizes or if I see him next year, he probably won't remember you. Maybe he will. Um, but I ran into him a few times after in the, in the back area. But he was just super nice. And it was really, really, really cool experience to to meet up with him. Wow. I could see the emotion on your face, too. Like, that that definitely impacts you. That's really, really oh, yeah. cool. That's oh, yeah. Awesome. What a great experience. That's That's really cool. All right. So my final question, I'm going to do this for every podcast, I think. So if you could get a coffee with any sports player, dead or alive, ever, who would it be and why? If I was immature, I would say take some help, but I'm not. I'm mature. So honestly, it would probably be Cristiano Ronaldo. It'd be, I think, because, well, I'm, I mean, before I got into football, I was a huge soccer fan. I played travel and on a t- and went to nationals or not nationals but regionals and all that and i just really really like his mindset like he he doesn't really care what people think about him or maybe he does but he doesn't portray it like he he knows that he wants to be the best at whatever he does and will work as hard as he possibly can to get it and he he some people think of him as selfish and maybe rightly so but that mindset is something that not a lot of people have and that's what separates him so he's willing to take the heat, take the blame, take all the negative responses, being called arrogant to be the best. And I think that's that's something that that's admirable in a way. Now, if you're going to be overly arrogant about it and not back up what you're saying, then that's one thing. But he's arguably the greatest of all time because of his work ethic and his determination to be the best. And I just want to talk to him about, I mean, if, if the chance ever comes just to understand like how, what goes through his mind when he's training every day, he's already accomplished so much. He's the top two players ever, yet he still trains hard every single day. Like he's just 21 again, trying to prove himself. And I just want to understand, like, if I can apply that to my, this business or college or, or whatever I decide to do in the future, that mindset is something that I think would be very beneficial. And I want to understand where that comes from, from, from him. That's great. That's a really good one. I mean, he's just a filthy, ridiculous athlete. Just amazing. Right. So that's a that's obviously a really there's cool a difference choice. between there's obviously a difference between me and Cristiano Ronaldo on the field, <laughs> off the field. But that mindset, that mindset that he has is something that's admirable, and I do want to take a deeper dive into what what makes him that way. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. Where can everybody follow you? I know you're on Instagram and stuff. What do you want to shout out in case somebody wants to get in touch with you, especially for the autographs and stuff? Yeah, I would definitely go to On Card Autographs on Instagram and SAG Autographs on Instagram. Those will be where I post majority of the signings and the stuff I get in. I don't really post too much on my, I don't post at all on my personal Facebook. But if you're in any of the groups that I'm in, you'll see me there. So Sports Card Nonsense. NFL TTM Collectors Group, Slab City, which is run by my buddy Garrett. Great guy. And yeah, Instagram mainly, though, if you want to get in touch with me quickly, on card autographs or SAG autographs. All right, perfect. Thank you very much for your time, Sean. Everyone, Thank thanks you. for listening. This is one of the first episodes of Sports Card Madness with the many to come. So I appreciate your time. And yeah, we'll talk soon.